Good morning, everyone. My name's Irene. I'm part of the team here at Unihill Church. And uh, we're coming to the end of our series this morning on ownership. And um, I hope you catch something this morning. I don't know how these words are going to come out, but I pray that you catch something from Holy Spirit um, as we as we move forward. This, let me pray as we start. Father God, we thank you that we can gather Lord, this way this morning and come around your word. I pray, Father, you would just awaken our spirits to be able to receive all that you want to say to us today. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Among the many purposes of God, one of the purposes of the church is to be the believer's spiritual family. And the spiritual family has mums and dads, to help raise spiritually mature sons and daughters. And together they bring others to Jesus and the family grows. Like any family, this spiritual family, the church, can be very uncomfortable, awkward and stretching at times. You know, it's my 50th year, my 50-year anniversary um, of being in church family. I'm feeling a little bit nostalgic about this message this morning because in 1971, uh, my mum was born again, baptised in the Holy Spirit and I was 10 and I started my journey through Sunday school, Christ's Ambassadors Youth Group, off to Bible College and then a huge 40 years of leadership and discipleship in the family of God. And, you know, there's been many opportunities to walk away hurt and disillusioned, tired and frustrated at times. But the reason I'm still here today, a part of the family of God, his church, is that I know Jesus loves the church. It was God's holy idea. The church is where I am I'm there to understand God. I'm there to be a member of his body, a living stone in his spiritual building, a member of the bride of Christ, a witness to the world. And in church, I'm encouraged to serve God's purposes and not my own. I love church. And I just want to say a big thank you to all the faithfuls out there Um, who've been doing the church journey uh, for so many years. And it's, it's because of your faithfulness, your commitment to the family of God, we enjoy the incredible blessing of church as we know it today. One thing I've learned is that the church is a way of life, principles and attitudes opposed to and variating from the prevailing social norms in our world. It is and always will be counter-cultural. Remember that. We, the church, are not meant to fit in with the world. God wants us all, yes, all of us, to have a healthy spiritual life planted in a local church of Jesus' followers. And whether that's 10 in a house or 500 here 
in our, in our centre, whether it's 5,000 in a stadium, the numbers are not the issue. It's the, the believers gathering as the church for all of the purposes of God. And, you know, there are trends in our ever-changing social um, norms that, that can rob us and the church of the incredible blessings and growth if we allow them. And, you know, this is nothing new. So much of the New Testament uh, were letters written in response to challenges the early church were facing. And the writer of Hebrews said these words in chapter 10, verse 23 to 25. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promises. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect the meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. And you know, we have just endured a season of isolation and some disconnection. I want to ask you this morning, what are you believing about returning to church now? For some, this season has left them feeling discouraged, doubting, even disinterested and disengaged from the family of God. But I want to stir you up again today to not only get back to gathering as the church, but to shift your gears, to increase your serving and ownership in God, all God is doing through his church in the world in these last days. Thank God for all the live streaming and uh, Zooming that has kept us connected during these months. For some Christians, this has become a new normal. We adjusted, but it's become a convenient, comfortable change that suits a new lifestyle. Let me read you some words, challenging words from C.S. Lewis. He said this, I didn't go to religion to make me happy. I knew a bottle of port would do that. If you want a religion to make you feel really comfortable, I certainly don't recommend Christianity. You know, I want to challenge us all today. Being a faithful Christian and responsible stewards of the gifts God has given me has really been comfortable and convenient. And there's just two things I believe Holy Spirit's put on my heart for us to share around this morning. The first thought is this, you can't be church alone. And one of, one of those trends in the world around us is what we might call individualism. And uh, individualism conditions us to always give preference to our personal path, our personal spiritual journey, and our personal faith. Although we respond to the gospel of Jesus as an individual, and our salvation is deeply 
personal as we experience the love of Jesus, our life of following Jesus is best done in community, in his church. Sam Albury puts it like this. It is impossible to be in Christ and not belong to others. A Christian, by definition, has a connection with and responsibility to other Christians. You cannot claim Christ and avoid his people. Well said, Sam. When I add an individualistic belief to my Christianity, it shrinks my experience of God. You know, in the perfection and transcendence of the mind of God, he has declared his church to be the servant relationship community for every believer. It is in this community we thrive and our families with us. I've always believed the best place for my children was with me in the presence of God in his church. And sometimes it wasn't easy. Raising my children in church community has left an indelible impact in their lives and secured a strong link of faith and Jesus that will last forever. Now grown up and designing their own futures, Chris and I still see that evidence of the powerful truths they learned serving in church and the blessing that has brought them. You can't be church alone. God has designed us for community. And the second is this. We are all called to serve. You know, there's a biblical principle of ownership and it involves recognising that all things ultimately belong to God. The church is loved and built by Jesus and he entrusts us with the resources and responsibilities to serve his church for his glory. Along with the wonderful gift of eternal life, God entrusts resources to each person, including our time, our talents, relationships, spiritual gifts, and natural abilities. With every gift God gives us comes the responsibility to be a faithful steward of the gifts. Peter puts it like this. 1 Peter 4, 10 and 11. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself was speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring God glory through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. As we look at the early church in Acts, we, we can learn so much about how they organised and made sure the gifts and responsibilities were all taken care of by the church. In Acts 6, 1-7, we read how the apostles, busy studying the word and, and preparing teaching, 
you know, began to feel overwhelmed with the, the need they saw around them. So they appointed uh, people to serve and help and look after others. And it's just an ongoing theme through the early church, that ownership of gifts and resources being used to benefit the church. Paul writes this in Ephesians 4, 11 to 13. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. What powerful words encapsulated right there in a nutshell. Believers in the family of God serving and owning their responsibility to each other. How wonderful. And there are some beautiful Greek words that describe the purpose of the church. And these words are full of deep meaning. But often, you know, the English translation doesn't do them justice. But they're there in the New Testament. The word koinonia is a word that's used many, many times throughout the New Testament. And that word, um, you know, comes with deep meaning. Fellowship, community, communion, joint participation, intimate relationship and partnership. And the word diaconia, another word that's used there in relation to the church. And its meaning is all in ministry and service. It's our involvement and our function within the church. It's through this incredible faith community where we are serving each other that the world should see the evidence of God's love and true Christian living. It's one thing to belong to a church, to be an attender, and another to be an owner by serving in the life of the church. When you take ownership, you don't need someone else to motivate you. When you take ownership, you don't need a paycheck or recognition to get the job done. When you take ownership, the bar of excellence is raised high because it's Jesus Himself that we are serving. When you take ownership, you're all in, 100%. Owners have a strong sense of responsibility. Owners will do whatever it takes to succeed, even if they need to do things outside their comfort zone. Owners will sacrifice their personal interests for the greater mission. And owners will give generously of all their resources to serve others. While the world out there is losing hope, the church of God remains the living example of hope in this world. And here where we are planted in our community, we are the beacon of hope to those looking on. Just to conclude then, as we come out of this season, there are Christians preparing 
for and living in fear of coming persecution and problems. And that's what the enemy wants. He wants to paralyze the church with fear. He wants to keep us distracted from the mission. But the word of the Lord to the church here at Uni Hill and the Church of Australia is rise up and prepare for revival. Prepare for the harvest of souls that is coming. Stop looking at the pandemic and start living for Jesus like never before. Cindy Jacobs, an international um, recognised prophet, said these words, You, Australia, are people with a unique destiny. God has said this in many ways over the years. Do you want to be the nation that has the last and greatest revival? Then act like it. And as a church, as a member of a church, I take that to heart this morning. Don't shrink back from coming to church gatherings. Don't shrink back your serving and building a strong family of God. Don't shrink back your giving. It's time to rise up and shift gears like never before. I am committed to being a part of the church that is ready and waiting for Jesus. He's coming back and I'll be going till the day I'm gone. God wants us all, yes, all of us, to have a healthy spiritual life planted in a local church and that will never change. If you're watching today and and want to know more about Jesus and the church, please connect with us. Jump on our website, you know, send an email to the contact, send us a message. We would love to spend some time talking to you about Jesus. And I just want to finish with a prayer for us all this morning. And, um, you know, where you are there, wherever you're watching from this morning, let's bow our heads. Let's quiet our hearts and catch something from the Spirit this morning. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you right now and we pray for wisdom. We pray for guidance. We ask for courage and faith. Firstly, to our leaders, Lord, as they lead us out of this pandemic, but also then, Lord, to each of our hearts that we won't be governed by fear, but we will hear Holy Spirit and understand these last day purposes that you have for your church. Lord, that as we take ownership, empower us, Holy Spirit, to live and serve Jesus, to bring glory and honour to our Father God in these last days that we might be the spiritual building, a holy temple, the house of God, the church, a witness to the world that you want us to be. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Hope you have a great week. Can't wait till we're all sitting here meeting together again.